Well, hey, let's get into this into the message. I'm in a series right now called Christmas in 4D, and the whole idea is simply that we will take the Christmas story, the story of Jesus's birth, and that we would look at it from four different angles. Uh, week one, we, we looked at Mary, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Today, we're going to look at something else. We're going to look at it from the eyes of Joseph, but here's my goals for this, for this series. My goal is that you would really see what happened in this story and and that that you would when you really understand the implications of everything that God has done with the birth of Jesus you now have a new appreciation for it amen it means more amen and um and I will tell you uh I'm not at all concerned about bringing like yuletide joy to, to this this month when it comes to the sermons Watch the elf for that. You know what I'm saying? And incidentally, did you know that our safety team director, Jeff Phillips, does not like the movie Elf? We have issues. Who doesn't? Come on, man. Who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like that movie? Put your hand in the air. I want to kick you out of the church. My goodness. What is happening here? Anyway, no, my, my goal is, 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 look, my goal is to not create a holly and jolly atmosphere. That's your job, man. Like, go have traditions with your kids and have a blast and, and go get the tree and cut the tree down and, and go do all the awesome things and have lots and lots of fun. Make some, some Christmas traditions. That's your job. My job is to talk about the implications of what the Word of God says. So that's what we're going to do today. So week one, we talked about Mary, and we talked about how God sees greatness. The, the takeaways from, from Mary was God sees greatness in us long before we step out and great into his greatness. It says that the, the, the next one was that God does not only the impossible, but also the unfathomable. <laughs> there was a struggle last week, and I, I aborted the struggle bus this week as well. Unfathomable. God knows how to encourage us. In, in the moment that we need it and in the way that we need it. That miracles will not happen without some sort of pain. Just because you're in the middle of the miracle doesn't mean there won't also be pain. And finally, the word to the moms that I think was so important is great things can still happen even if it doesn't go exactly the way that we planned. Moms, how many of you, how many of you felt like you were a little, I stepped on your toes a little bit last week? Noah? Wes, get your boy. I said moms, and he goes, get your kid, man, get your kid. Yeah. This week, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the story through the eyes of Joseph. Pastor Dan turned me on to a, uh, a live kind of illustration of some of the things that may, conversations that may have happened during this time. So I'm going to show you one of the first ones, check it out. This is Joseph's story. Scene one, Joseph announces his engagement to his parents. Mom, dad, guess what? Yes. Uh, I met a girl, <gasps> and okay. we're in love, <gasps> and we're engaged. Oh, oh Joseph, So tell us about the girl, what's her name? Well, her name's Mary. 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 She's great. Okay. Joseph, okay. is this the Mary that just lives right down the street here? That's the one, that's her, that's Mary. Surely not the one, the young one, just like right over here? No, that's her, that's, that's Mary, yeah, we're 
Tying the knot? What are you thinking? Wait, wait, wait. What are you thinking? What do you mean? She's like, what? She's like 14 years old. Did it ever occur to you that marrying a four-foot but 10-year-old is highly inappropriate? Is there anything else you want to tell us about this Mary? She's pregnant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? What? Uh, but, but listen, hear me out. I had nothing to do with it. Oh, oh yeah. sure, Joseph. Yeah. No, no, really. Nothing to do with it? No. Well, what does that say about her? No. Listen, an angel came and talked an to angel. me. Here we go with the angel bit. Yeah. No, 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 really, really. An angel came and told me good news. An angel? Yeah. So I suppose last week, it was an angel who lifted the 20 shekels from my man purse. I cannot take this anymore, Joseph. I'm leaving. No, you did it. Yeah, wait, just listen, wait. Can you imagine the conversation going about that well? Right? Oh, no, yeah, no, she's pregnant with it. It was an angel. It wasn't me. It was a, whole, it was a child of the Holy Spirit. That's going to go well. <clears throat> Joseph's story. You know, we talked about, we talked about it through Mary's eyes. And, and, it's, and it's interesting to me that today we prayed, about, we prayed about anxiety because I can only imagine how anxious of a time this would be for both Mary but also Joseph trying to navigate through this whole entire thing. Hey, can we bring the lights up in the house a little bit more so I can see my friends out here? And so looking at the story from Joseph's angle, this is what we're going to do. We're in Matthew chapter 1, and I'm just going to read a little bit and just kind of share. I think it worked well last week. You good with, it, do, with us doing it again that way this week? You good with that? Yeah? yeah. Okay. All right. I like it when you talk back, but not too much. Okay? All right. Let me know you're there, but don't like let me know you're there. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? You get it. All right, so here we go. Verse 18, chapter 1 of, of Matthew. Verse 18, and I'm just going to kind of go verse by verse a little bit. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. i got to stop right there. I don't want to take for granted that you guys realize that Jesus' last name isn't Christ. You guys know that, right? Because I've, I've had people say, so his last name was Christ. No, it's a title. Okay, Jesus is the Christ. So we'll talk about that in a second. I just want to make sure, because there have been times people have asked me, well, I'm like, yeah, it's not exactly how it works back then. Okay. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Jesus, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Now, first thing that we see, and this is really important, when he says the birth of Jesus Christ, understand what Matthew is doing here, is he's pointing to Jesus as the Messiah, right away identifying to us <clears throat> that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the chosen one that would come and bring the people of Israel freedom, right? He's, he's telling them that because you, you got to understand something. It's easy for us to know Jesus as Lord and Savior looking back at his death and resurrection. But, but, in, but in this time, when they're still in it, the people of Israel have no idea, and see, walking forward, they have no, no, no ability to recognize that for themselves. Do you understand that? It was, it was hard for them to see it. You know, kind of like when you're in a season, you can't recognize the season that you're in sometimes, but then you catch, you catch a little bit of space between it, and now you understand it. So it's easy for us to understand who Jesus was, but he's, he's identifying for the reader right away. Jesus is the chosen one who would come and give everything for each and every one of us and bring us salvation. That's what he's doing right away. Amen? Do we get that? Amen. Okay. The next thing 
that it says, and I want to go back to this. It says, after his mother Mary was betrothed to, G- to Joseph. Understand this right away. Betrothed means it's a fancy way of saying engaged. However, it's more than engagement. It is a legal contract. Did you know this? When you are betrothed in this time, it's not just he liked it so he put a ring on it. He didn't get on one knee and, and get on Pinterest and figure out the best way to propose. That's not what he did. They were betrothed. They, more than likely, it was two families came together and said, you know how like when you have a baby and someone else has a baby, and you're like, mine's a girl, yours a boy. None of us are really all that ugly. Maybe we should try and make sure these kids get married someday, right? You, you've done it. I'm sure you have. So, so that's kind of what happens. So now they're betrothed. It is... It is an actual legal transaction. It is binding, and for them to split it up, there actually has to be divorce proceedings. And this is happening, so they are on the verge of marriage, but they're not yet married. Do we all get that? Okay, so now put it into that context, and it says they before they came together in holy matrimony, doing what married people do, there's kids in the room. We talked about this last week. You get it. She was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Understand, this is now very, very scandalous. I mean, people don't realize. We think that this is like such a cute story and such a sweet story. But, but God sometimes will put his people in predicaments, man. You know? And he will, he will lay things on your heart and you're like, God, you do not want me to tell them that. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Sometimes God puts us in, in a place where, where we, you know, we're stuck between looking foolish and being obedient. Right? Have you, ever, have you ever had to choose between looking foolish and being obedient? Yeah, it happens. And so this is, this is scandalous because she should not be having a baby. She's not married. She's not supposed to be doing what married people do to have babies. Read between lines. We're talking stork right now. That's what we're talking about. Can you imagine the, the feeling that the two of them are feeling right now? And can you imagine how Joseph feels knowing she's pregnant and I had nothing to do with it? And yeah, I trust God, but this is a lot, Right? And so, and so it says this. So what was his response? It says in verse 19 that Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. So basically what he was doing was he said this. He goes, okay, we're in a bit of a pickle right now. We're in a pickle, right? How many of you guys are hungry for pickles now after I said that? Okay. We're, we're, in, we're in the middle of... We're in the middle of, we're in the, I'm thinking about how you called my son a communist because he doesn't like pickles. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Dang it, the ADD is flowing big today, guys. Oh man, it could be a rough one. All right. What were we talking about? Joseph? Were we talking about Joseph? Okay, yeah. So what, did you just, dang it. So, so Joseph is doing his best to be a man of integrity right now. And really what Joseph could do versus what Joseph did do is a big difference. Do you realize what Joseph did do was he said, we're going to hide you from the world for a while. 
and we're just we're we're going to just kind of see what happens. But what he could do was was he could take her out in the middle of the street and tell on her, and and she would be beaten or stoned. Or he could have divorced her like that and left her, and nobody would have said a word about it. And Joseph is showing his integrity here. He's saying, I, and integrity is doing the right thing even when nobody's watching. Integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's looking, but also more than that, integrity is doing the right thing, especially when it's not easy to do it. How many of you know doing the right thing sometimes is not easy? Am I right? Sometimes doing the right thing is also doing the very unpopular thing. Sometimes it's doing the, the, the very thing you don't want to do, but you know it's the right thing to do, so you do it. And so Joseph is showing his integrity. And I just got to believe that this really blesses the heart of God. And the fact of the matter is this, and I believe this to be absolutely true, is that integrity moves both the heart and the hand of God in our lives. If you're willing to walk in integrity... And you're willing to do the little things right for no other reason than because it's what God called you to do. You will move the heart of God and you will also move the hand of God. Amen. Understand there's a difference between God's heart and God's hand. We pray for God's hand that he would manipulate the situations in our lives for the furtherment of our, our outcome, for the betterment of our outcome, right? We, we, we pray for that. But really, it's when we seek to have God's heart and move God's heart that his hand moves in our life. Did you know that? And so here he is. He could do all these things, but because he felt like the right thing to do was to hide her from those who would hurt her, I believe he moved the heart of God and then subsequently moved the hand of God. So let's look at what happens in verses 20 through 24, shall we? So here's, here we go. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. There we go, the angel again. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, Mary, take to you Mary, your wife, for what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Can we stop right there? What if, let's just stop for a second. What if you're in your room and you're pondering, you know, maybe you're married and you have a family. So what if you're, what if you're by yourself? All of a sudden, bright light shows up. Oh, I would imagine there's going to be oh when, when an angel shows up, wouldn't you? And starts talking to you. Can you imagine this moment? You'd be wondering, am I, what is going on? Am I hallucinating? Am I sick? What's happening? But he receives what he's saying and says this. He says, he says they will, she will bring forth the son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It's one thing to hear that a baby's on the way. That can be a lot to process in and of itself. But to hear what your baby's going to be responsible for, how amazing. You thought you were protective of your child when you just thought he was going to grow up to be a plumber. What if your son's the, 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 the child of the Holy Spirit? You do not want him falling off the monkey bars and getting brain damage. Just saying, anyway, sorry. So all this was done, which it might be fulfilled with, uh, that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, Mary as his wife. God does a lot right here to help Joseph move forward. Because you have to understand something. In order for, for Jesus to be recognized in the lineage of the house of David, yes, Mary came from there, but they didn't recognize it back then. There were prophecies that said that he had to be of the house of David. Remember King David, right? David Bathsheba, that guy, right? So they're talking about his lineage and that the Messiah would come from his lineage. And it had to be more on the father's side than on the mother's side because that's really what they look at. So now Joseph really is important because he came from the house of David. And so Joseph was an important man to God at this moment in time. And because of that, God made it a little easier for him to do the work. And here's what he did. Number one, God gives Joseph the encouragement that he needs. Remember, we talked about this last week, that God knows how to encourage you in a moment and in a way that you need it, right? He did that with Mary last week. He does it here again, all right? He does that with Joseph. The next thing that he does is God confirms in Joseph what he already spoke to Mary. I'm going to tell you this. I believe... Reverend, no, you can back me up or tell me if I'm preaching heresy, one or the other. I believe that when God is speaking to somebody about him or her and someone else, God doesn't just speak to one person. God will confirm it in the other one. Right? So if, God, if somebody comes to you and says, God, tells, God told me that you and your wife are called to leave and go move to, to, to Antarctica to minister to penguins. But he didn't speak that to you and he didn't speak that to your wife, probably shouldn't do it, right? Plus, the penguins don't listen about the gospel. They don't care. God will confirm with you and the person he's talking to you about. He will confirm both of those things at the same time. Isn't it the coolest thing in the world when, when like, again, I take it back to the spouse thing where there have been times where, like, the Lord has laid something on Megan's heart and the Lord has laid something on my heart separately and it was the same exact thing and we knew we were supposed to do it because the Lord laid it on both of our hearts separately but also together. It's the coolest thing. How many of you guys have ever had that happen before? It's awesome. Enjoy it. It's good. It's good. God will confirm what he's already spoken to both sides. Also, the next thing that he does is God confirms what he has already written in his word. Guys, I can't speak enough about how important it is to understand the Word of God. God's Word has a DNA, right? And the things that He has spoken in His Word have a DNA. And I don't believe that God will speak something to your heart that isn't in line with the DNA of His Word. If you feel like God's called you to go to Antarctica and preach to penguins, that's not going to be backed up here, right? I hope nobody was really planning on that, Reverend L, because I just poked holes in their whole entire plan. God's word has a DNA. And if the things that you feel like the Lord is speaking to you doesn't line up with the DNA of the word of God, then you need to, you need to ask yourself the question, is God wrong? Or am I wrong? And if you need help with that question, raise your hand and we will slap you on the back of the head. 
Because I'm telling you, anytime, anytime your thinking doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not the Word of God that needs to change. Agreed? Okay. There's, there are times where God doesn't explain everything. But he'll confirm it through his word. And there are others where, where he is working in me and, and, and through me. And if I know that he's, he's, he's confirmed it through me and he's confirmed it through someone else that's involved and, he, and he's, he's confirmed it through his word, but yet I don't have the details, I'm still going to move forward. Right? I will tell you this. If God's laid something on your heart and you're waiting for everything to fall into place before you step out, but you know it lines up with the word and the, the people who are involved also know that God's spoken that to them as well. Waiting for everything to fall into place is watching the opportunity pass by. So Joseph didn't need any more conversation. He already confirmed it to him. He already confirmed it to Mary. It's confirmed, confirmed in his word talking about the, the Messiah that would, would come. And so he does it. Verse 25, it says that he didn't know her. Remember what we talked about what the word know in the Bible means sometimes. We talked about that. And it says that he didn't know her until she brought forth her first son. And then he called, they called his name Jesus. And then all the things happen. All the things happen. There's the census. We talked about that. We talked about him having to pack up everything, put his very, very pregnant fiance or, or now, now wife on the donkey and, and, and travel 60 miles and terrain that is rocky and terrain that's not perfect, terrain that does, isn't, isn't a, an asphalt road, right? There's the trip, there's the manger, there's the wise men, there's the sheep, they all come, they're all there. Can you imagine, how many of you have, have ever become a mother? How many of you wanted people from all over the place just showing up for that event? Right? You got nurses and doctors and you got anesthesiologists and you got phlebotomists. Those are, those are things, right? Yeah, I thought I made that up for a second. That's enough right there, isn't it? But what if like Channel 9 News shows up? All your cousins are like, let's go see how they're doing. Everybody shows up when, when you're in the middle of having, having a new baby or you just had it. Are you in the mood to entertain? No, no. And I got, a, I got a feeling that if Mary's not excited about this, Joseph's not excited either. Do we agree on that statement as well? Amen. See, if you, if you kind of think through these things, it comes to life. And, and so all the things happen, right? All of it, all of it. And so these wise men are walking and they're, they're traveling and they're, they're coming through the area and they run into this, to this king named Herod. Herod is a vile man. He's not a good man. And he, he, wants to be, he wants to be worshipped as God and God alone. Right? And so he hears about this star and this baby and this child. And, and he, he hears that it's the Messiah. And, and the wise men are, are in the area and he's talking to them about it. He's like, I want to know where he is. When you, I want to go worship him myself so you tell me where he is. But really what he wanted to do was have him killed because he didn't want him stealing his influence, his, 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 his authority, his kingship. And so 
All these things happen. And here's, here's what God does in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Now when they departed, the wise men, they departed. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream and said, Arise, take this young child and, and his mother and flee to Egypt. Now understand, when you flee, what are you doing? You're running from something, right? Right, so Joseph is like, why am I fleeing? What is going on? Why do I have to run? But he doesn't, he doesn't ask questions. He just does it. He says, arise, flee to Egypt, stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek this young child to destroy him. And then he arose, he took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. So the, the wise men walked away and they were heading back and, and, and the Lord shows up and starts talking to Joseph. He says, I want you to grab Jesus, and I want you to grab Mary, and I want you to bust camp and get out of here because his life's in danger, right? He does that, right? Isn't that what the Lord speaks to him? Okay, so last week we had a word for moms. Today I have a word for the men. You ready, gentlemen? You buckled up and ready to go? No, you ain't. (laughs) Understand what just happened here. The very first thing is that dad obeyed God. Did you hear that? Dad obeyed God. Let me ask you something. What's the point of hearing from God if we won't obey God? So dad hears him and he obeys. There's always an amazing occurrence when we obey God. When we do what God's called us to do, amazing things are always the byproduct, right? Think about the trickle effect of this moment. Dad, dad hears from God and obeys. But before that, mom did. Mom hears from God, right? Mary hears from God. She says, okay, let it be unto me as you have said. So, so he, she hears from him and she says, I'll do whatever it is that you want to do, right? Now this baby is being born. Now this baby is born. Now this baby is growing, right? Now dad has heard from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says to him, Dad, you need to get your wife and get your kid and go. And because he obeyed, think about the trickle effect. He obeys. The, the wise men take a different route. They don't go back to King Herod. All right, I'm going somewhere with all this. I know it's a lot, but, but just track with me. The wise men take a different route home, right? They, they go a different direction. Herod feels like he's been duped. Now he's furious, and now he says, I want... Every child in this area, every boy who's under the age of two, I want them slaughtered. And so his, his soldiers go in, and you actually hear, you, you can read where, where it, talks about, it talks about the slaughtering of all of these innocent children, one by one by one, and guess who is not one of them? Jesus. Why? Because dad heard from God, and dad obeyed God. So yes, all this was tragic, But the only one who could ever fulfill all that God had in store was the only one who escaped it. Why? Because dad heard from God. And not only did dad dad hear from God, dad obeyed God. Right? So here we go. This is a lot to follow, but I worded it this way on purpose. If our children's earthly father will hear and obey our children's heavenly father, we will open the door for God to use them in big ways. Did you hear that? It's a lot to unpack. Let's do it again. 
If our children's earthly father, that's us, will hear and obey our children's heavenly father, then we will open the door for God to use them in big ways. So let's look at the trickle effect. Mary hears from God, obeys. Joseph, on a couple different occasions, hears from God, obeys. Pulls his son out of that area. God, God has his hand of protection upon that child. Now, years and years and years later, Jesus does miracles and changes hearts and changes lives and lives a perfect sinless life and lands himself on the cross to die for all of mankind so that you and I could have freedom from sin and you and I can have salvation. All because dad heard from the Holy Spirit and obeyed. Fathers, can we just talk for a second? I'm going to get some water. I'm going to get myself ready for this moment. because Why is it in the American church that it's the mom who has to hear from the Holy Spirit? Why is it that in the American church, people say that, that it's a woman's thing and not a man's thing? Am I wrong there? Women, you know I love you and think you're absolutely amazing. Take a minute off, okay? Just enjoy. Gentlemen, why are you not taking the step to be the man that God's called you to be? Why are you not putting yourself in the position to hear from the Holy Spirit? Why are you not spiritually leading your church, your family? Why are you not being the one that hears from the Holy Spirit and does what God's called you to do? Why is it your wife's job and not your job? She shouldn't have the market cornered. You should be listening to the Spirit too. You should be leading your family too. You should be the one who's praying over your kids. When your kid's sick, your wife shouldn't have to drag you to their room to put your hand on them and pray over them. You should be grabbing her by the hand and saying, let's go take authority in Jesus' name over our kids' lives. What is going on? And look, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're angry with me, it's probably because of the way you're living, not the way that I'm preaching. Sorry, not sorry. God has called us to be valiant protectors of our family. And yet we stand by and we watch as the enemy disembowels our family. And God's called us to more. Why are we not walking in it? And I know some of you may say this. I'd love to be the spiritual head of my household, but my wife won't let me. Let's talk about that for a second. It is a partnership. Wives, if your husband's willing to put their hand on your child and pray over them, you best never stand in their way. I don't do house visits, but I will. I will do house visits. If I hear that, that we're standing in the way, and husbands, you don't be the kind of man who stands up and says, well, I'm the spiritual head of the household. A real leader of the household brings everybody together, and they lead together. They lead in righteousness, and they lead in holiness, and it's a partnership between the husband and wife. But for the love of all that's pure and holy, why do we have men that are so manly in every other way Accept the things of God. I'm about to get mad. I'm... You can go ahead and start playing. Now go ahead and stand to your feet.
I'm about done. If you're unhappy with the way thing, the, the things that I'm saying, inspect your life. The days of us skating by, gentlemen, have got to be over. And I'll tell you this. Culture isn't drifting towards Christ. You never drift towards Christ. It's always a choice to walk towards Him. But it is so easy to drift away from Him. Right? So culture's not drifting towards Jesus. Culture is drifting away. You see it everywhere, even on the local level. And our ladies can't be the lone prayer warriors about what what our life looks like. Gentlemen, it's time for you to stand up and take authority in Jesus' name and put yourself out there to be the men that God's called you to be. And for everybody that looks different, what is mine right now? I'm going to be running for school board of Shelby Schools in November because I feel like the Lord has called me to go and do that. If you live in Shelby, I'd love to have your vote. We'll make badges later. That's what the Lord's laying on my heart because there's a battle. There's a battle, and I'm not talking, just talking about bathrooms. There's a whole battle. It's bigger than that, right? And it's my job to go take things in authority in Jesus' name for my family. So I'm going to go do that, right? So the question is, what is God calling you to do? What's God calling you to do? Maybe he's not calling you to do something that big. Maybe all he's calling you to do is pray over your children. Then do it. But I don't know how to pray good. I don't care. Speak your heart. Proclaim over them. All the things that you think about your children that you want for them, That's right here in your brain. I want them to grow up to be good and I want them to grow up to be smart and I want them to grow up to be kind and I want them to grow up to be loving and I want them to grow up and care about others. And I want, that's a prayer. Take it from here and pour it out here and watch what God does with it. I may never see some of you guys again, but I only tell you these things because it's my job. And trust me, I'd much rather talk about Christmas movies this week. But here's the thing. You're not ready for what the Lord just... If you start living the way that I'm challenging you in in this message, then we could talk about Christmas movies. Okay? But right now, you're living like a Christmas movie, and you're, you're missing the fact you're supposed to be a warrior. So when you take the role as warrior... I'll start talking about Christmas movies. Wes, can you take my van to the back door? What are our takeaways? Our takeaways are this. Integrity moves the heart and hand of God. Amen? Do we agree with that? Our takeaway is that God confirms what is already written in His Word and what He's already speaking to you And when he's already speaking to somebody else, God confirms it. And if that hasn't happened yet, you wait. But when it does, you move. The last takeaway. Dad, we need to hear from God and we need to obey. And I promise, the way that Joseph obeyed God 
led to life. If you will listen and you will obey, it will lead to life. It will, lay, it will lead to amazing things. So here's the thing. Start small. Man, are you hearing me? Start small, but start today. Okay? It's just like anything else. Start small, but start today. Tonight, before we go to bed, before your kids go to bed, Dad, I want you to put your hand on them, and I want you to pray over them. Well, I don't know how to pray too well. Okay, then say this. God, I love this child so much, but you love them so much more. I pray for good health and a good heart and that you would move in their life and everything that they do that you would receive glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It's that simple. Amen? All right. So men, start small, start now. Women, allow it. And don't be threatened because if, you're, if your man is a man of God, he will partner with you. He won't take your spot. He will partner with you. I'm going to pray. The altars are open. I'm going to leave because some of you have some looks in your eye. Are you doing this right now? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were doing this. I'm like, oh, what's going on in that section? All right, let me pray. Gentlemen, if you hear this and you're like, yeah, you know what, PT, I agree, but I don't know where to start. Let, let me, come on up. Let's pray, okay? And I will never challenge you to do something that I won't be cheering you on to do. Amen? You got this, Dad. You got this. Mom, Mom, great things can happen even when you didn't plan it. Dad, listen to God and obey and watch what happens. Let's see what happens next week. I haven't even written it. I have no idea what God's going to do. Father, thank you so much for each and every person in this room. And God, this wasn't a yuletide cheer kind of message, but it's what we needed to hear. And so I just pray for each and every one of us that we would hear it, that we would apply it, and we would live it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, I got to let you go. Altars are open if you need prayer. I know we kind of dealt with some of that already. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would love to talk to you about that. I will be right here. Come and talk to me, and let's talk it out. We love you guys.